Hello world and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where I focus on not living in regret and forming high-functioning habits. I want to inspire you to transform your thoughts for a happier and higher functioning life. We are what we think and we get lost in limiting beliefs. We don't eat well, we don't take charge of our money, manage our commitments, and then wonder why we are stressed, overweight, in pain, and unhappy with our lives. I haven't met anyone that can't change their mind. That's why I always say, see you on the flip side, as I want to journey with you on coming out the other side. Side of what you might ask? Well, that's up to you. Hello world and welcome to the podcast. Shelly Shearer here from Living Well with Shell. And my first order of business today is a book recommendation. Now, I know I recommend books and I always recommend Audible. I believe anyone that wants to grow and has trouble with reading an actual book book uh, should be sitting in their car or commuting with headsets in their ears. I just, I'm a firm, firm believer in that. People that succeed are people that learn because you grow and knowledge is power. Uh, there are two disadvantages um, on, e- one, on either side. Audible books make it really hard for you to slip back and highlight something or stick a sticky note in it, which I'm always dying to do when I'm in the car thinking, oh, I want to talk about that on my podcast next time. And I forget. <laughs> so lots of times when a book has really touched me, I'll often just order the hard copy through Amazon and then I've got it for my shelf and I can make notes in it. However, the opposite of that is true. Lots of people really have a tough time reading a book that subject matter is kind of in-depth or a little technical. It can be a dry read, but oftentimes listening to it, you actually absorb more and you pay attention. It's just a psychological reaction to the environment and it's just kind of how our brains are wired. So sometimes it works one way, sometimes it works the other. However, sometimes regardless of which medium you're listening to, some subject matters are just a little bit dry. Now, I have listened to Atomic Habits in the last couple months. Definitely recommend that book. It's something you would go from me to them because you're going to take it to that next step. My uh, podcast about not living in regret and creating high-functioning habits is about getting you to change your mind, to be aware and to open yourself to being aware and taking that first step that says, I want to change. I need to change. Be enlightened. Do not be indoctrinated. Do, you know, unlearn what you've learned in your life. Let go of limiting beliefs and, and move forward with uh, your purpose in life and what you want to be doing and how you want to be thinking and who you want to become as a person. Okay? Because really, that's what life is all about is becoming. It's not about an end goal or an amount of money to be made or anything. It's just about becoming. And when you have that mental attitude, you will find it so much easier to be in the now. And on that note, Eckhart Tolle, um, in the now, in the something in the now. Anyways, just look for the word now and Eckhart Tolle, you'll find the book. These things will kind of become second nature to you. However, a lot of them are a little droll, a little dry, uh, sometimes a little technical. So I have a book recommendation. Same topic, things I talk about, things lots of other authors that I've recommended talk about, but she's hilarious. Little bit, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Irreverent. (laughs) And I'm sorry, but she cusses. But she tells a great story. So Jen Sicaro, you are a badass. That is my number one recommendation so far this year because I truly believe it will appeal to a lot more people on a fundamental fun level while still making you think about what kind of changes you would like to make. Okay, so Jen Sicaro, J-E-N, 
Sicero is S-I-C-C-E-R-O. That should be enough for you to Google it and find it. You are a badass, bright yellow cover. I've recommended it on my Facebook page. Uh, I'm not sure I stuck it in the Instagram. I can't remember. I'm sorry. But I definitely know I put it on the Living Well Facebook page. All right. That's my book recommendation for the week. Now, how are my new habits going? <laughs> Let me share some of my ups and downs and perhaps you can relate and we can find some new solutions. I talked about the last couple of weeks how... Some of my lifestyle choices have needed to change. I've let some things slip. I need to reinstate some things. For instance, getting to yoga on Monday morning. I really have discovered this last few months with overworking in my accounting business and not really having time to create a lot of content uh, and do some other things that I really enjoy on social media. And I really do need to start with the new book. I want to take the ebook that I've got on highfunctioninghabits.com and expand that to really create some good examples and some lifestyle choices and changes that you can implement in your own life. Right now it's more of a suggestion of things I need you to think about, things I need you to kind of mull over in your mind. If it was my husband I was talking to, I'd say, here, honey, here's some information, go to your cave. And then he'll come back in three days and go, okay, you know, I thought about that. Because his first knee-jerk reaction will probably always be no. Most people's are. It's not just him. Most people's knee-jerk reaction with their own set belief systems and their own rigid black and white inside the box thinking is no. No change, no nothing new, da-da-da. But really, all I'm doing is I want you to listen, not make a choice or a judgment, and then let it percolate. If you are a person that is looking to change your life, you will open your mind. I can pretty much guarantee that. So in my husband's case, I always say, go to your man cave. Don't comment on it right now. Let's not have a fight. Let's not even have a discussion. If you have some questions, ask. But otherwise, I just want you to percolate. And yes, 50% of the time, easy. He comes back and goes, okay, yeah, I thought about that in a different light. Let's implement maybe this one or let's talk about this. Or sometimes he'll just come back and say, never going to happen. <laughs> Fine. Do you know what? It's not our job to change the world. But I also... I heard a wonderful uh, thing yesterday. Someone call, caught me. Everything about where I'm going in the next year and life in general is always to let go of limiting beliefs and to learn, to unlearn doctrination from my youth, from my life, things that you just keep saying, but that's the way it is. Really? Is it? Is it really the way it is? Because I made a comment talking to my coach the other day about how, well, it's not my job to change a person. And he said, who says so? And that's funny because you know what? That has been indoctrinated into us for years. I bet the last 40 years of self-help and growth has been, especially in marriage, you can't change the other person. Well, do you know what? He immediately questioned that and said, why not? Why can't you change someone else? If they are self-destructing and you love them and you need them to change, well, change is a good thing in their lives. We're not talking about, we're not talking about the women that, a woman that, you know, meets a guy and says, He's good clay. I can work with this because <laughs> no people, if you've got a person that has certain character traits or certain personalities, highly unlikely you're going to change that. No one's ever going to make me shy, quiet and retired. Okay. It's never going to happen. And I've had people in my life that can be offended by my outgoing personality, my complete need to just speak what's on my mind. That's not everybody's cup of tea, but as long as that is your cup of tea, then I'm a person you're going to want to know. Those things can't be changed. But when unfortunately through circumstances, life changes and whatever, health, finances sometimes cause a lot of these issues. When someone is spiraling and um, sort of in a bad place, 
I think you should love them through change. Love them enough to want them and to help them to change. That's what he was talking about. Because we do, we get stuck in this belief system of, nope, it's not my job to change someone. And I'm thinking, you know what, that leaves a lot on the table. Uh, maybe it's not your job to change everyone out there. But let's face it, I podcast to help you change. That's why you are probably listening to this podcast, because you are looking for information, maybe some answers. You're looking for a hint of what to do next. That is my goal and my calling. So you're definitely looking to change. Same thing goes with people in your lives and, and, uh, and people that you love. Don't get stuck in the system or belief that something is black or white. Always, always question it. And if your answer to a lot of things, which it is for me, I was very indoctrinated as a young person, you know, through religion, uh, through the generation I was born in, you know, being a lady, being a woman. I, my my um, dad is a male chauvinist pig of the worst, worst kind. He's a kind, wonderful man, but he is a male chauvinist beyond words. Women are barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen, and please do not talk back to me or tell me what you think. <laughs> he's quite frightening. Uh, and what's really bad, just on a little segue there, is now that he's got dementia, he has slipped into that role so strongly that he's actually annoying. And when he doesn't get his way, unfortunately, he's very advanced in his dementia. He's getting violent, and it's like, he needs to be medicated. But it's interesting how that baseline personality is so forefront in his illness now. So keep those things in mind when you're in your own life and also when you're dealing with other people. It is, uh, I find it a little bit amusing, except when I really, really picks me off. But most of the time, I really just kind of find my dad amusing. I'm thinking, really? <laughs> I hate to break this to you, but I feel like saying, you know, it's not that one is smarter than the other or better than the other. Men and women are just different. But let's face it, we are only newly, newly in the way of thinking and only in certain parts of the world that women are as smart and as capable and as deserving as men. But it has been a very male-dominated society for most of history. And um, yeah, I'm a little bit of a screw you on that one. Bottom line is, I am smarter than my father. <laughs> I just am. Um, he is a faith-based man and isn't very well in his life, but... It's unfortunate my mom actually is so terrible at making decisions because actually she's a lot brighter than my dad. But he comes from that generation that, especially where he's got the scriptures behind him, that it's God, him, and then everyone else does what he says. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not quite what that scripture meant. But anyways, again, it was also translated by men. But I digress onto a male chauvinistic platform that's had a totally different conversation for another day. Let's talk about my habits. Now, one of the things that has changed in this household is I've you know, sort of really not quite given up drinking, but really have contained it and, and removed it from my life because it's been causing some huge health issues for me. And it, uh, it's causing lifestyle issues. Now I have a husband that I've told said many times is quite a functioning alcoholic and his father was an alcoholic. And I've been doing a little research into this. I was reading something the other day that, uh, said that people that have alcoholism in their family, if you have one alcoholic parent, you are 40% more likely to be an alcoholic. If you have two alcoholic parents, the odds change to 80. Plus, they've done some sort of research that I really need to do a little more research into that alcoholics carry a gene or a, something in their body that non-alcoholics do not have. So what I'm saying there is there could be some scientific proof that they're, they are predisposed. Now, I grew up very uh, understanding predisposition. I've got Native Indian in my background, and I don't care how you want to approach this or be offended by me because I just don't care. I've watched history, and I have seen alcohol ruin Native cultures. It's 
I mean, the white man came to North America, whiskey arrived, and it went to hell in a handbasket. I truly believe genetically, I think there's something perhaps in our makeup because you see it all the time. And the ratio of alcoholism is so much higher in, in that particular uh, race of people. So the fact that it's in my background and it's in my gene pool, I've always been very conscious of it. Um, I also am a very OCD person and a little bit, uh, what's the word I'm looking for when we have an addiction? I, I have an addictive personality. So I've been very aware of this most of my adult life. And when I was raising my son, I made him aware of it. Because again, knowledge is power. If I'm not attracting this or giving it power, but I do believe awareness is, is a really big deal. So I've always worked hard to have good habits and understand where weaknesses could trip me up. So on and so forth. So tax season was crazy, as I've mentioned not spending the time uh, looking after myself physically. I was just making great money again. It was like, oh, this is so nice to have my life back, but I didn't have my life back. All it took was three months for my body to start to deteriorate. My muscle tone uh, decreased. Uh, most of my listeners know I have fibro, so I have to be very careful about working out really hard. So yoga is a huge part of my regime and I'd let it slip. It was always, oh no, I've got a client I've got to do this morning. I'll, I'll have to try and go in the evening. By then I'm too tired. I really let the control over my schedule get fully out of control. I know some of you can fully relate to this. So I made a decision that it was time to, to get back on track and to change these things because I am actually higher functioning when my body is healthy and stronger. I talked about a couple of weeks ago about how the Sunday had it to change. Now, what happened this weekend? I fell so off the wagon, it wasn't even funny. It was bad. It was just so bad. However, what have I done? I have given the friends that I was with over the weekend, I went away on a girls weekend to Chateau St. Michel down in, in Woodenville, uh, Washington, just outside Kirkland. It's absolutely lovely down there. We've been going there for years. They bring in uh, artists all summer long for a concert series. So civilized. You, you go in and you set up on the lawn and you bring your food and your uh, dinner in. And as long as the wine is their brand, you can either buy it at the winery or bring it in from Costco or another store, but it has to be Chateau St. Michel. You're sitting out in the lawn with a glass of something in your hand and a beautiful cheese plate and dinner. It's so civilized, so lovely, and it's right up my alley. It's very Shelly. <laughs> so we've been doing this for a long time. The unfortunate part is I have a bit of an issue that after a couple of drinks, I lose my ability to monitor my behavior. In other words, I will have the fourth or fifth drink. Whereas if I stop, I'm, I'm good. I've really been able to manage that for the number of years. Plus, I think I've talked about this before, drinking does not happen in my life in the week. It is very hard on my body with my illness. Uh, my liver really is struggling. It's a lot of things are making me sick these days. Pay attention to your body, folks. It talks to you for a reason. And if you do not look after it, it will get sick on you because if you do not listen, it will make you listen. I swear to God, that's why I have fibro. However, they say it's gen some doctors say it's genetic and other doctors say you have it all your life and it just manifests. I do not know the actual truth of all that. But the bottom line is, it is very interesting when you watch people and I was that person. Go, 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 go. Action, crash, action, crash. I've talked once about the chaos cycle and there being the, you know, the planning and the rest period and then the um, action. And what was the fourth one? It'll come to me in a minute. So I lived in two out of the four constantly. Go crash, go crash, go crash. Didn't do the 
didn't do the contemplation kind of part. I talk about that a lot in my ebook, contemplating and planning, meditating, or the, um, actually that's actually a section I believe. And then the other one is, is the rest period, not the crashing. Crashing is a result of overdoing it. That really, the only thing that finally slowed me down was getting ill because I would have just kept going. Even before the year before I got sick, my adrenals were down to 14% or something, went into the doctor, couldn't figure out what had happened. I had left a very high stressful job at Bell Canada and crashed. Like within weeks, I couldn't get out of bed and I couldn't figure out what was going on because my body was no longer creating this higher ratio of um, adrenaline and my adrenals were just done. So it took me about four or five months of supplementation and rest and, and some real mindfulness to get myself back on track. And then a year later, of course, I was diagnosed. Anyways, um, back on track here. New habits had just to be put in place. Now, I'm always one that says, is it the habit that needs to be controlled or managed or is it something before the habit? Now, the yoga thing on Monday, that is about the day before. I need to make sure Sunday is how I want it. So unfortunately, Saturday night, we go to the concert. I drink an entire bottle of champagne. Yes, I admit that I drank the whole thing. Thoroughly enjoyed the concert. There was lots of tears. It was Josh Groban. He was amazing. I saw him in concert almost 20 years ago when he was a very young man. Uh, where David Foster was still managing him and he had just done, I believe, the soundtrack for the Prince of Egypt and he was very young and he didn't really interact with the audience very much. It was a huge stage production, you know, lights and orchestras and, you know, it was a, an affair and he was just the lead act. That's not the case anymore. He's in his mid to late 30s now. He is a mature adult. He is funny as all get out and he talks to his audience interacts with him. The voice is still as goosebumping, goosebump creating as always, but he has really defined himself doing what he wants to do. He's definitely followed in the footsteps of say Herrick Connick Jr. with his, you know, jazz and how he just did it his way and uh, has stayed really true to his calling. Um, Michael Bublé really did as well. He, he He's not mainstream and yet he's made a fabulous career. He's our little Canadian that we are all very proud of. And Josh Groban's done the same thing. He's He's gotten successful enough and talented enough that he can kind of do it his way a little bit more now. And he was thoroughly enchanting. And I just enjoyed it beyond words. It was just definitely my type of music with the orchestra and the choir behind him. It was brilliant. Anyways, drink the bottle of champagne. <laughs> but we come home and that would be fine. But I set out some food and snacks for our friends because I'm the hostess, even though it wasn't my home. Our hostess was sick, unfortunately. And uh, I thought it was a great idea to have a single malt scotch. Yeah. That hasn't gone well for me for years, I must say, but apparently when I'm in a happy place after a bottle of champagne, that reasoning disappears. Now, I love scotch. Do not get me wrong. I love it. It doesn't love me. Unfortunately, as a celiac, uh, scotch is a grain alcohol and it's not good for my tummy. Uh, it also isn't great for my liver after that much alcohol and it certainly isn't good for the hangover the next morning. So yes, I woke up. I have not been that nauseous. I don't even remember when for so long, unless I had the flu. It was the longest three hour car drive of my life. I swear I wanted to die and throw up the entire three hours getting home. I couldn't even read my book. And I'm one of those people that I can sit in the back seat of the car, laying down, sitting backwards and read a book. I do not get car sick. And so that's what I do to pass the time. Nope, that didn't happen. I, I, I took, you know, read three sentences and almost opened the window and lost it. So I had to suffer through the consequences of my bad behavior. And I came home and said, what did we learn from this? That I still don't have control over this part of my life. That is very clear. 
I hadn't been drinking beforehand, which is probably why it hit me as hard as it did. And I allowed myself to get out of control in that situation. What do I do? You stand back and say, how could I control this next time? Now, there are times, oh, segue, there's a hummingbird out in our yard. My husband would be crying right now. They are his nemesis. He keeps trying to get them. And everyone's got them but our yard, <laughs> even though I've got the beautiful, beautiful big garden and um, lots of flowers that they like. We just can't seem to keep them interested in our feeders. Oh, well. Anyway, sorry about that. I was just, I'm standing looking out the window into my garden on a beautiful sunny day. And this beautiful little bird came up and didn't really stay, which means I think the sugar, the sugar concentrate is probably too old. Back to the topic on hand. I can avoid certain situations. And in some instances, I have removed myself for situations. That can be an answer for you. Is it a social thing or an activity that you need to remove yourself from? Now, we're going to talk about alcohol. This could be anything. This could be food. This could be your temper. This could be bad behavior, uh, things with work, things with, with your home life, family. Sometimes you need to remove yourself. Sometimes you need to remove people from your life. I've done that many times over the years. When they're not healthy, when they are causing dissension in my life, I have a choice. You have a choice how you react in those situations. If people are unhealthy, remove them. Their hurt feelings are not your problem. Your only concern is you. Okay? You need to look after you. There has been a couple of like little mini vacations that uh, we have taken that I have just said no to anymore. I do not like how, I do not like, do not like what happens with those groups of people. I do not like ha what happens when I'm around those types of people and I can't seem to control myself. So you know what? Just don't need those things anymore. Sometimes you can put habits in place or sometimes you even have the willpower to simply alter your behavior. That's great. Thirdly, which I asked for in this situation, because I'm not stopping this event. I love this event. And the last couple of years has actually turned into a girls weekend. For some reason, the guys just always seem to be never to be able to join us. And I'm really enjoying that time with these ladies. I've now given permission to one of my dear friends, uh, Cindy, who's like known me for almost you know, over 25 years. I said, you can stop me. And I need you to be a little more assertive about it because you can't, there's no such thing as dropping hints. She goes, well, I did drop the hint that, you know, as a celiac, you probably shouldn't drink that. And I'm like, ah, I don't mind being sick tomorrow. Yeah, I don't mind having a bit of a tummy ache if I am completely sober and want to eat or drink something and say, you know what, I want this experience. I haven't had it for a long time. I'm going to indulge. But when I'm already over the top, all I did was get messy. I don't remember that, but apparently I was quite cut. And all I did was make myself sick. I can at least remember enjoying it. That was awesome. But that is a hard alcohol that I added to a compromised liver in a situation that just wasn't healthy. I have now given someone else the power to say, say something to me. And she's like, I own it. She's wonderful. So if you have friends like that in your life, implore them to help. If you are trying to implement new habits, tell people. It's a little bit like going on a diet. One of the best ways to succeed when you want to try and meet a goal is to tell everyone about it because then you almost feel embarrassed when you don't do it. But if you keep it secret to yourself, nine times out of ten, you will justify, talk yourself out of it, and your attitude is, hey, no one knew I was quitting smoking, trying to lose weight, trying to say, no one knew anyways. No one needs to know I failed miserably at it. No. Get an accountability partner. Tell your friends and family. Be careful with that one, okay? I, everything I tell you, I need you to remember things I've spoken about in the past 
about making sure it's the healthy people in your life, okay? You do not go and share all this information with someone that honestly just tears you down, has nothing positive to say, um, is an overweight sloth on the couch that, you know, lives paycheck to paycheck. These are not who people you go to for advice and they do not become your team to help you make better changes in your life, okay? That's not who we're talking about here. So get an accountability partner and I put her in that position. I've asked her permission. She said she agreed and I've got that in my back pocket now. Awesome. These are all the little things that all make it easier to have good habits in life and to be stronger as a person. Now, how's it going? It's going great, actually. I'm feeling a ton better. I've actually lost a bit of weight, which is great. I had put a little bit on just through the tax season because, I, again, I was inactive and I had let drinking come into my life about five days a week. It wasn't a lot, but it was just empty calories. Drinking's empty calories, by the way, which just turns the sugar in your body, creates inflammation, pain. You don't sleep well. Never drink before bed if you think you need to sleep. That's the worst thing you could do for yourself. Okay, that is an absolute belief system when people self-medicate that is so untrue. It is the worst thing you can do before bed. So these are things you need to be aware of and then decide what you want to put in place. Okay. Got back to getting up in the morning and doing my, my meditation again a little more consciously. I definitely had let that slip. And I'm in the yoga class three days a week. Does that make it perfect? No. Last Wednesday I had to miss. I got stuck at a client and a neighbor phoned and said, your dog is loose in the neighborhood. Well, she's 14 and road stupid. And she was heading up to River Road, which is a busy road at the top of our, in, our uh, neighborhood. I needed to get home to her. I, my kids apparently either had let her out, but actually when I got home, the side gate had unlatched. So she just tootled herself off to wander around and she's deaf, so she can't hear cars. I needed to come home and look after her. So I did miss yoga, but I was back there on Friday. I was, you know, back to the schedule. What you do 80% of the time is a good habit. Okay, so this is just sort of my little check-in on what's been happening in that arena. That's been going really well for me. Those habits are back in place. And although I came home sick as a dog on Sunday, I had made the decision, like I told you guys all a few weeks ago, I had made the decision Mondays were not going to be the way they kept being. So did I get into the white chocolate, eat a bunch of crap food, stay up late? No. As sick as I was, I drank some water unpacked all my stuff, put it away, because Mondays are the worst when the cleaning people are here because the house needs to be tidy for them. There cannot be, you know, Tupperware bins and coolers all over my floors that I need to unpack from a trip when they're coming the next day. And I need to get my butt out to yoga for 9.30. So I, I said to myself, you made a choice, you made a decision. Now, if you want to get to yoga in the morning, this stuff has to be done tonight. And I did it. And then... I took myself straight off to bed with a book for a few hours and was asleep by 10. And honestly, I feel better than I really have the right to be. I got in my ionic foot bath as well. Great detox after drinking too much. So I succeeded. And that means this week is a success. And that's all you need to do day to day, week to week, month to month. A new habit takes at least about six weeks to really solidify in your life. Uh, habits are not like a skill set. You do not need 10,000 hours to make it a reality. What you need to do is do some little trial and error about whether you need to keep those vitamins at the kitchen counter or the bathroom counter or whether you really truly will open the drawer and take them every morning if you're trying to add a supplement to your life. Cleaning up on the day before so you can get to something the day after. Stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit sometimes. Today I'm stepping out of my comfort zone 
just a tiny bit because in a month I'm stepping out of my comfort zone in a huge way by finally doing a stage talk in front of a, a networking group. And I'm, I'm super nervous about it. I'm meeting those people today for a, another networking event and I have already been announced as a speaker so they know I'm coming and people will, that's what happens, people will approach me and talk to me and I'm not going to lie, little nervous, a little bit nervous. But this is what I want in my life and the only way to keep that, I guess, quote unquote, the ball moving forward is to just keep moving forward. Ignore the nausea, doesn't have to be perfect, just get it done. If you read Jen Sicaro's You Are a Badass, you will totally understand what I'm saying. All right, that's enough for now. I will check in next week and tell you how some of the other things are going. And we'll talk about some, some new um, habits and some new ways of putting some new th other things in place. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you again for joining me today. And remember to focus on not living in regret. I invite you to subscribe to my show so you don't miss a thing. You can reach me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at either High Functioning Habits or Living Well with Shell. And I invite you to leave a rating on my show about what you like best or message me with something you'd like me to speak on next. Remember, willpower will only get you so far, then you better have a plan.